Hey guys, Marco here and welcome to episode three of the Soul Path podcast. This is a mini season where I really focused on the theme of integration from deep transformational experiences. For episode three, I've got a very special guest, very dear friend, Jeffrey Slater. He's an international business person. He's spoken on stages all around the world. He's influenced tens of thousands of people, has a couple of fantastic books, and he's just an all-around great human. What I love about him is he was one of the first people who started to blend themes of spirituality, of intentionality into the realms of business in a way that I really appreciated, that really spoke to me, that inspired me in the way that I did business. So I'm looking forward for you to hear more about him and his journey, and most importantly, his perspectives on how he looks at integration. I really appreciate it because he's someone who comes with a wealth of knowledge and has worked with clients from very different ranges of life. Now, the one thing to look out for, which I really love in this interview, is his very candid feedback about particular areas of life and how he may integrate experiences of transformation. Check it out, enjoy it, and let me know what you like about it in the comments. And on the call, I've got Jeffrey Slater. Jeffrey, welcome to the call. Thanks, man. Thank you very much. Good to be here. I uh, I wore my rainbow hat because we're talking about integration. All the colors. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, if you don't mind, I'll share about my background uh, and because I think it's important part of the integration work I've done so they get where I'm coming from. So if I quickly share, I've over a million people in 13 different countries, uh, training in transformation and leadership. I've written a best-selling book uh, and also I've done uh, countless trips to the jungle with executives um, and high net worth individuals, uh, working with psychedelics, all kinds of transformation work. Also, I've coached more people in the area of transformation and taught coaches how to, how to be coaches and most people have in their entire lives. And, uh, and I've also made a lot of mistakes as well. And so the work I'm saying to you here is not like, is not the ultimate truth, it's just what I've learned. Mm -hmm. And they, they can take it or leave it. And so there's no way like, there's this universe is a mystery to me. And the more I learn, the more I know that I don't know much. So I'll just do my best shots with these questions, but at least you'll know where I'm coming from. The first question that I wanna launch into straight away, brother, is how would you define integration it's a good question i would define it as 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 highlighting what's a lack where the lack of integration is so integration is the components of ourselves that are yet to be integrated and i would i would feel that that there's a lack of integration going on for many people in the world right now um, but it might, it might be part of the overall collective integration that needs to happen. What are some of the points of awareness on an individual level that perhaps you've had in your journey or that you've noticed in people that you've worked with where integration may be lacking? Like if I was someone that was lacking integration, how, how, would, I, how would I know? What would be some perhaps themes in my life or points of awareness well, that the, I could reference? The first area is that admitting is, is feeling the desire to actually be integrated and continue to integrate that work. If they don't want it, then it's not going to happen. Mm. So many people have worked with psychedelics all over the world and things of that nature. And then it's just, con it's just consciousness. So if the person isn't committed to be having grounded results, they're just going to get more airy-fairy stuff. So it depends on what their intentions are. So the lack of integration is a, is a, lack, of in is a lack of intention of working with these sacraments. And a lack of clear intention of what they want. They're just going to generally avoid or have a great experience. And that's exactly what they get. Whereas when they go with the intention of looking at their lives, it's a little bit like, Alan, like a, um, Alan, I think it was Alan Watts. He says, you know, you don't, go to the, you don't go into the science lab and look at the microscope all day, every day, 
once you see what you once you see and see, see what you're there to see, go do and take your eyes off a microscope. So many people are just still staring into the microscope mm. when when what they're afraid of is what they see is what is facing what they see, which is how little they know. But they have to actually actually have to take their eyes off the microscope and go live their life and see and 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 and, and bring it in to their life. And when they do that, then they realize that that there's probably there's a saying, you know, once you experience court enlightenment, go do your laundry. Nobody cares. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so, um, so the, 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 the symptoms of a lack of integration general will be that their perspective is the right perspective. And they'll be certain about that. Second area of lack of integration is that everyone needs to do what they're doing. No, they don't. Um, third area of lack of integration is they say they, they, they've seen the keys to the universe or whatever, and yet they can't pay their fucking bills. Lack of integration. They, they talk about how everyone's one, but they're dicks to their partner. Lack of integration. They talk about how they want honest communication, but they're not honest with themselves about what they really want. Lack of integration. They say they want to change their health, but they still eat like shit. Yeah. They, they, see, they see that they're connected to the fabric of the, they see in the experience that they're connected to all things, yet they just, they, and yet they're, they're not empathetic with themselves either. So there's just so many things that go on and on. Those are a few. I've done all of them. I've done all of them at times. Yeah. I love the, the blunt and, and honest way, way that you, you just laid it out like that. Um, you know, really speaking to just taking a really hard, honest look at our lives and, and what needs to be addressed. I really appreciate yes. that. You mentioned intention a little bit earlier. And for someone who's maybe new to this or just like beginning their journey on a path of spiritual development and, and self-transformation and perhaps hasn't like this idea of working with an intention is perhaps new to them as it was for me. Like when I was raised in the modern world, there was no conversation mm -hmm. of intention until I started to explore some, some older traditions of life and realized that these people live that way. How would you guide or like point someone in the right direction for cultivating an intention that's useful, that and it can support them in a positive way. Generally working with someone like you who knows how to make clear intentions. Like I would say work with someone like you to have a conversation before going into some work and go, and you ask them the question, like you would ask them questions. What do you want out of this? What's important to you? What do you mean by that? Tell me more about that. And if you could sum it up in one, in one sentence, what would it be? My intention is, and it's really hard to do on your own, but then once you work with a coach or somebody to help you get clear about what your intention is, then you go in with more clairvoyant intentions that actually make sense. So doing it on your own socks, work with someone like you to help them get that clear. What about, there's a conversation that's come up on a couple, couple of the interviews I've done thus far. And so I'm interested to hear your perspective on it. Uh, this idea of doing too much work, is there such a thing as doing too much work? And what would be some of the flag posts or warning signs if there is? There is a thing of doing too much work. Uh, and and it's when, when the work no longer becomes work. So that's the thing is they think they're working when it's no longer work. It's avoidance. It's like looking at the microscope. There's a thing of looking at the microscope too long. When you're no longer looking at the microscope, you're no longer facing what's in the microscope. Mm. So generally, uh, generally, too much work is a, is, is a phrase. It's like, oh, I'm doing too much work. No, you're doing, you've stopped doing work. Because your work isn't in this, your work isn't in the maloka anymore. It's out in the world. Your work's not on the meditation mat. It's out in the world. You're working. 
you've stopped doing the work. So don't, don't say you're doing too much work, you're full of shit. You're literally stopped working. Because your work is, no, but that was a chapter that had to be closed, which was you, 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 you know, you're in the maloka, you're doing the work. Cool, you're doing the work. And there came a day that work needs to be done outside of it. And you're avoiding it, so you think you're doing work. No, you're not. You're hiding. Not, not you, but to, I, I've done this myself. So when I say maloka, that's a place of ceremony. This can be done on meditation mats. This can be done with everything. I'm curious to know, as far as the back end of, of you know, a ceremony or something like that goes, or someone doing like deep transformational work, maybe even you know, an mm-hmm. extended seminar or something like that, this just you know, massively changed their perspective and awareness in life. A, a lot of the people that, that I've had the opportunity to speak to, you know, they speak about art therapy, music, songs, drawing, yeah. things like that. But I'd love to hear what have been some of the most impactful things that have been a part of your journey or some of the people that you've worked with. And if you could just speak a little to that. Yeah, in the, in the area of integration. Yeah. Okay, my health. Yeah, I'm here. Oh, I'm here. yeah, it, it yeah. froze. I guess it froze. So that was the freeze moment of the yeah. highlighted. <laughs> um, you know, like I've learned, like I remember at the trainings and stuff, you would sometimes talk about health and everything. And it was just so important. And you, you have farms and things and you eat off the land and teach people that. That's important. It's, it's everything. So I would say health, number one. Clean water, clean food. Number two, my business is a very big spiritual journey. Many, many people think it's separate from the spiritual journey. It's actually really important to do my part. So, um, so sharing my message, what I'm here to share. Not for a place of I have to, the whole world has to be saved, but for a place of just my song, just doing what I'm here to do. So yeah. what there is to be done, I do it. And I don't live from, and living, and, and that means Another thing that's been good about integration is a bookkeeper. How much money comes in, how much goes out. Be clear. Clear. Clarity. Big integration. Mm-hmm. Another piece of integration has been somebody, I work with a person at least once a month where they've done numerous experiences um, and helped me, and I can talk it through with them. I don't talk to a lot of other people about certain experiences. I talk to that person, and then they help me navigate it and bring it back to this reality. It's about taking the things I learned not a meditation man in ceremony to bring it to this reality. You know, you can do all this freaking, all the work in the world, but if you're just a dick and not a nice person, then, you know, just be kind. But there's also kindness, but also ruthless love too. Like I'm being very direct, but that's mm-hmm. part of my kindness. You know, it's interesting. You're one of the first few people that's mentioned um, this theme around health, uh, interestingly, from, from the conversations I've had thus far. And super super valuable one i mean like it's what we're made of i remember early on when we first met i'm not sure i ever shared it with you but like you were the catalyst for me in in me like rekindling my relationship with the earth and actually getting a sense of no this being is actually alive and and like she she can hear me and and i can speak to her and build and cultivate a relationship with her and so could you speak to that a little bit like that step or that journey of cultivating a deeper relationship with the earth and turning one's awareness towards that and working with that as they manifest their lives yeah well, as long as you pretend maybe, like, as long maybe, as maybe just to give a little right, yeah. more, more context. Sorry, brother. Yeah. The reason I share that is because I'd done so many seminars up until uh, up until I met you, and I even did one of yours, uh, you know, a long time ago. But then I noticed there was a significant shift in you, and something about that like really spoke to me. And I didn't know what it was. Total unconscious awareness, but it was strong enough that it pulled me pulled me to you. So that's you know the place where this question comes from because I see that you're doing things very differently. And I really would love you to share that a little bit more if you can. Sure. Well, we as human beings pretend like we're separate from nature. <laughs> it's the weirdest thing. We're the only species that does. And like we can do it better. I don't know. We're just weird. 
Um, but I found that the that the closer I I live with nature, that means in, the closer I am the closer I am to my true nature of myself. And you know, I've I've stood in front of the mirror before, and I like, and let's say I'm naked in front of the mirror, and I and I don't, I think I don't have clothes on, but actually I'm clothed with all this cultural programming. So I'm clothed with programs, what I should be, where I should go, how I should live, what I should eat, what I shouldn't eat, what health is, and all these things that are generally pretty much lies that aren't even really what makes me happy or makes my soul sing. And then it reminds me of what Dr. Martini says, I'd rather have the whole world against me than my own soul. And what does my soul really want? And what my soul really wants is good, clean water, good food, health, and it lets me actually feel the resonance of my soul coming through my body. And, and the alchemy of the soul and the body coming together. And without the good food, they got the clean water and the, and, and the empowering thoughts, which were correspondingly with the good food because what we eat is a thought. What we eat is actually communication. So if we eat good food, like I remember at the seminar, you were so generous enough, you would actually bring me spring water. Like here, brother, here's some spring water. That water is communication. Mm-hmm. And it would massively impact what I, how I felt because I'm communicating with that water. That's close to my true nature. And so everything I thought I was, I wasn't. But, and I started to strip away that, and I started all those programs. What I went, as I went back to the original premise of what it is to be a human being, I realized that what my true desires are is to express what I'm here to express, to live as close to nature as possible, spend more time with nature, spend, spend more time with people as well that are in tune with their true nature, have deep connections, sing, dance, speak, write books, and make an impact and be of service. And I think we've lost our way. A lot of us have. But maybe it's part of finding our way to feel ourselves to realize how lost we are. Could yeah. be what's going on. I have no idea. <laughs> Beautiful. And I know we're being really sensitive of time, brother. So I want to give you cool. an opportunity here. Like if there if there was one message for the listeners, for the audience, and even just like for the world, like you know, if if you were to, to leave it with one message, uh, what would that message be? Changes so much. And where we are in life right now. You know, it's weird. I don't really have one at this moment. I think that's the message. It's for them to discover their message. There it is. I don't have a message. Because it's their job to find it. Their message. And everyone's job is to find out their message. But their message is not what they're going to say. Their message is by how they're going to live. So... So it's no longer what, what your message is and what you're going to say to the world for people out there. It's how you're going to live. And how we're going to live is we're no longer going to look at what separates us. We're going to look at what unifies us. And what unifies us is our connection to nature. So go embody that. So for all of us, the, my message is go embody that message and live in tune with nature. Stop being at war with nature because if you're at war with nature, you're at, na- you're at war with yourself. And if we keep being at war with nature, which means... Um, We'll create a world of fear and continually have a world of fear. And we have the, we're at a certain inflection point at this time that we can choose love or fear. And it's very real. And I choose love and so do you and so do the people on this call. Otherwise, they wouldn't be listening. And you could say it's a cheesy statement or you can actually feel what I'm talking about. And if you felt what I'm talking about, then you'll start to feel, feel the opportunity that's in front of us and within us. And the opportunity to actually come together and rise together. And that's what's possible. Beautiful. Thank you, brother. Last of all, where can people find out about you? How can they reach out and connect with you? 
they can go um, to, I have a website, they can get my audio book, they might like it. It's called, it's free, success2book.com. That's success and the number two book.com. They can go download that. It's a nice couple hour audio book I made. It's free about success 2.0. You know, the people listening to this, if there's are people that, that you work with, I mean, they probably, they care about the planet. They care about making the impact. And so they would probably like this book. And also, you know, I've known you for a while now and, and I'm really appreciative of the work you bring to this world and your connection to nature because just without you even saying anything, you're teaching. So thanks for all your teaching. Thank you, brother. Appreciate it. And thank you for the clarity and the love that you brought to this call. It's really felt. And um, I appreciate the work that you continue to do so beautifully. Yeah, you too, man. Take care of yourself. All right, guys, that's it. Episode three, all done. Like I said, absolutely love the way that Jeffrey delivers his insights and the very candid pointed way in which he speaks about certain topics. So a little request on my part, if you enjoyed this, then please subscribe to the podcast and let some people know about it that may benefit from this. I look forward to having more conversations. Once we're out of this mini season, I've got something else coming up. So I look forward to sharing that with you in the coming weeks.